Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to whoever and whomever and however you're listening to this. I'm your host, Tavares Wilson. As you all know by now, I always get the last word. And today, guys, there ain't really much to talk about NBA news. You know, the season will be kicking off in a matter of another month or so. Other than NBA 2K, which came out recently, and I will be getting Friday. So if any of you guys ever want to hop online with me, y'all just hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, whichever case may be. And we could probably run a few games. Now, let me get into the NFL news because, as we all know, football is back. We are weekend. Week two just commenced tonight with the Giants and the Washington football team. Great game. Great ending. You know, it's... I know it's bittersweet for a lot of Giants fans. They competed their hearts out out there and for it to be lost with an offside penalty and a field goal, I, it, it must sucks. I, I know it sucks. But let's get into the game a little bit. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I was impressed from what I seen from Dave Jones. I, I really was. I mean, I've been one of his biggest critics since the day he was drafted. I always said this guy was not worth a top 10 pick. This guy isn't this. He has all the intangibles, but he doesn't have the the it factor. He doesn't have the want to be great. He's too mellow for me. He's too laid back, chill. He doesn't seem to care enough. That was that was my biggest problem with Eli Manning, and that was one reason why I hated the Eli comparisons to him. Cause Eli just didn't seem to care enough for the game for me. Even despite the fact with him being a two time champion. Eli never seemed to love the game enough for me. He when he made mistakes, he just seemed like he shrugged it off, or he was just like, "Oh, whatever." And to me, I need my quarterback to be angry, be pissed that you messed up, go out and make up for the next play on the next play. I should say, and I, I want a Tom Brady, Peyton Manning mentality quarterback, Aaron Rodgers type of competitor, a guy who doesn't want to lose. You know, guys like Patrick Mahomes, who I know will leave it all out on the field. Lamar Jackson's on the world, things of that nature. Kyler Murray's. You know, I'm not I'm not upset when I see these guys, you know, in press conferences, you know, blatantly looking angry and mad about the end result because they didn't get what they wanted. I want that. And I hate it when people criticize people for that because it's a competitive sport at the end of the day. And that was one thing that derailed me kind of... T- Turn me off from Daniel Jones, but he looked great tonight, man. Made great throws. He missed he missed one or two notable throws. You know, he had one throw from a lot of people are gonna say Slayton dropped it. It was it was a bit out of reach, man. Let's just call it what it is. I'm not saying he couldn't have caught it, but it could have definitely still been a better throw. I'm just I'm just be honest with you all. Could it have been caught? Yes. Could it have been a better throw? Yes. Both statements can be true. Now that being said. The Giants impressed me as a whole. I thought the offensive line blocked extremely well and had the own against a really, really good front seven, front four specifically for the Washington football team. I mean, Allen and Sweat did cost them problems. They kind of held their own pretty well all night with Chase Young, though. So I, I was honestly impressed about what they brought to the table tonight in terms of their offense. Now, their defense has to be better, simply put. I mean... Heineke should not go out there and look like the second coming of freaking Kurt Warner or something. I mean, he 
he finished the game extremely strong, man. I'm talking about Terry McLaurin had a great game. It was scary Terry hours the entire night. I'm talking about he absolutely killed James Bradbury the entire game. It was it got embarrassing, man. And it's not saying Bradbury's in a good corner. He had his own against Terry, scary Terry last season, but man. McLaurin had to go watch film on him or something, study some habits that he has to notice what kind of technique he'll be playing or something because he, he had his way with him the entire night, man. Like, he got ugly fast and quick and early, I should add. But I was impressed with what I seen from Heineke. I love what I seen from Terry, Scary Terry. You know, I can't wait to see when Curtis Samuel comes back and play with this team, man. I think they're missing that one other outside threat. I think he could be that. I like they tight end the Logan Thomas. He's a bigger body tight end, not really the most fastest guy, but he is athletic. So he'll catch any pass in his wingspan in his facility. But I think they need that second receiving option, man. I think Curtis Samuel is going to be that once he does come back healthy. And with all that being said, man, I think I still think the Washington football team wins this division, even with Ryan Fitzpatrick out for the next couple weeks. Because Heineke has showed that he can hold down the fort until then. You know, Fitzpatrick has never been a guy who's led the team anywhere. But with this defense and with Heineke as the backup, you know, maybe he ends up taking a starting position because of his play. Who knows? But I think this team can still win this division. Now, with all that being said, I want to get into some other game thoughts that I had from week one. Now, I'm going to leave the Dolphins for last because I'm going on a little rant, y'all. I'm not going to lie to y'all. But <laughs> I'm going to say what I said about teams previously before week two starts. I said the Tennessee Titans defense was going to be a problem for them. And believe you me, it's a problem. I've said it multiple times coming into the season. I know they went out and got Julio, which I said myself was huge for them. I said he's going to do nothing but open up more running lanes for Derrick Henry. That wasn't the case this past Sunday, but that will be the case in future games. I said he was going to be the... He's going to be the person to kick A.J. Brown to a number two option, which I believe he's naturally better as. I don't think he's a one. Not to say A.J. Brown isn't a good receiver, because I think he's a, definitely a good receiver. It's just that some guys are better as twos than ones. It's just like Juju Smith for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was extremely better as a two than he is a first, scoring, a first receiving option. Chris Godwin is the same way. But with that being said... The defense looked putrid, man. I mean, Kyler Murray had his way with those guys. I mean, five total touchdowns on the day. DeAndre Hopkins had a huge game. A.J. Green got it going a little bit. You know, and it just, it just happened all game long. I mean, all game long, Kyler Murray just got whatever he wanted on the defense. I'm talking about it looked like he was out there playing a the yard on Madden. Like, he scrambling everywhere, making dime passes, off his back foot. He, on one pass, he completed. He jumped to throw the ball, and it was a perfect pass. Like, the dude is a baller, man. And he really exposed the, the Titans' defense all around. Man. It was terrible. And Taylor Lewan, who issued an actual apology and a thank you to Chandler. <laughs> this, 
this actually kills me, man. I mean, I couldn't believe Taylor Lauren actually did this. He literally, like, I'm, I'm not kidding you. Let me see if I can find this really fast. Because I, I couldn't believe he issued this to this guy. Like, it, when I'm talking about this guy, I'm talking about Chandler Jones. If y'all don't know, Ch- Chandler Jones absolutely killed Taylor Lewan last Sunday. I'm, I think he finished the game against him specifically with four total sacks on him and two forced fumbles. No, one forced fumble. The, the other second forced fumble he had came off the an unblocked weak side edge rush. And he absolutely killed him, man. And I seen a clip of Buddha Baker put him on his back, too. And he has at least eight inches on Buddha Baker with maybe 80 100 to 100 pounds. Taylor Luan got destroyed, guys. I'm not even joking about that. He absolutely got killed the entire game. It was quite sad. But I can't find the the, um, the post he dedicated, the tweet he dedicated to Chandler Jones. But with that being said, man, the Titans are who I thought they were. They're going to go as far as Derrick Henry can take them. If Derrick Henry isn't effective, the team will be effective. It's that simple. And I, I said this for the longest to fans of Ryan Tannehill. Even though I, I believe Ryan Tannehill is a top 10 quarterback in the league as it is, stands now. I think he is that. I just always told people he will be as good as his situation allows him to be. That's, that's just who he is. He's not a guy that's going to go out there and elevate others around him. He's not going to uplift the team and make them better. It's not him. Yes, he can help mold the team and be better because at the end of the day, he's a, he's a talented and a good quarterback. But he's, he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Patrick Mahomes. Hell, he's not even Kyler Murray or Justin Herbert. It's, that's not him. He's, it's not him. He's not a guy that's going to come in and uplift the team. He's a guy that's going to be as good as his situation allows him to be. That's him. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's just him. Now, with that being said, I'm going to get off into my thoughts. When the Rams, when it gets the Bears, the Bears defense is getting up in age. I honestly feel as if this team, the Bears, a lot of the Bears star talent, Khalil, Mack, and Eddie Jackson specifically, I believe they gave up on this team. Now, I truly believe they don't feel a purpose of playing anymore. I truly feel that way. I truly believe that. And how I know that is because Khalil Mack isn't popping up in film anymore. He isn't popping up on the stat sheets anymore. He, he's, he's not being the dominant force he once was. And when, that, when, the, when a superstar guy like that loses his not will or love for the game because he still wants to play. But when he loses his faith in the team he's on, he doesn't see the point of playing anymore. And his numbers are going to take a, a hit because of it. And I just think, I don't think a lot of those guys on that defense sees the point of playing anymore. Because, I mean, look, I mean, it's not to excuse anyone for poor performances. It's not. But we, we have to look at it from that standpoint because it is what would show why exactly this once great defense is just steadily sinking each and every season after such a great defensive performance when they were the number one scoring defense in the league at one point. They're tired of the BS the offense is putting up. It's, it's, I mean, guys, it's that simple. Think about it, man. You Think about it. You're out on the street. 
You know you're one of the best neighborhood kid players in the in your entire block, the whole block. You are out there killing guys, and one day you get put on the team with a sorry dude. We all had that one sorry dude in our neighborhood, you know, who we did want on our team, but we had to pick him up because we needed another one. He dropping every pass. He getting beat on every play. You make him throw the ball. He can't throw. What that's going to do for you? It's going to make you not want to play. So you're not going to exert yourself fully. That's I believe that's what's happening with Khalil Mack. Hell, I think that's what's happening with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I know, I know, it's no, I'm not going to excuse Aaron Rodgers and the the Packers' performance against the Saints this past week. I'm not. They 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 should have played better, and I believe they will pick it up this next week. This week, I should say. But Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to be there, as just like how Khalil Mack doesn't want to be there. They're, I think they're truly at a point where they're done with the franchises they're on. You know, it's only so much a superstar caliber player would take. And I, and I, for one, have always said Aaron Rodgers should have been left Green Bay. I've been said that. He made his own bed. He made his own excuses. You know, he chose to be there. He could have left. He didn't. That's on him. But now he's realized, like, you know what, man? They don't really care about me. I should have been left. So why not do it now? I think that's what he's doing. Just like how I think Khalil Mack is... It literally may be another bad game away from demanding the trade. Because you, you can literally see it in his play. Like, just, just turn the film on and watch the games. You can see it in their play. But with that being said, I don't spoke briefly about the Green Bay Saints games. Since I done spoke about this Green Bay game, I'm going to talk a little bit about my thoughts on the Saints. I thought Jameis Winston looked phenomenal. Like, he he didn't go out there and absolutely light up the, the scoreboard with yardage, but he made efficient and effective throws when they needed it. I mean, he looked extremely better than what he has looked since his time with the Buccaneers when he was just really a gunslinger and just taking risks and, you know, making idiotic throw after idiotic throw if he wasn't throwing a touchdown. I thought he looked way better. I thought he looked more comfortable. I thought he looked more, I want to say more quarterback-like, honestly. I mean, he went through his progressions better. I thought he stepped up in the pocket better. He felt the pressure a lot better. So I, I think he's a guy who's found a home, honestly. I, I mean, you got to give Sean Payton credit. You know, I've... I've been a guy who's been a critic of Sean Payton for some time. I think I still think he's overrated as a coach, but I gotta give him credit, man. He knows how to coach a quarterback. You know, that's something a lot of guys can't do in this league. So you gotta give him his flowers when they do. Now, next game I wanna speak on. I wanna speak on the <clears throat> Jaguars and Houston Texans game. Now, guys, just so you know, I'm not going to speak on every game. I'm going to speak on the games that I watched myself. And, you know, I'm not, I didn't watch all of them, but I watched a bit of these games. So the Jacksonville Jaguars-Houston Texas game, I watched the, I believe, the first quarter. And I've seen the highlights after. I'm telling y'all now, man. I had no idea Tyrod Taylor was going to play the way he's playing. I know it's Jacksonville. I know they don't have that much talent. But, man. He went out there and looked good against them. Man. I'm talking about him and Mark Ingram. They they looked good. All right, I'm not and I'm, and I'm not saying these guys are going to win their division. I'm not saying these guys are going. You know, 
be the biggest upsetters in the whole league. I, I still think this is a top three team, draft pick team. I still believe that. I don't believe that one, like how I thought they were going to be, but they're still going to be top three. And tell y'all not, man, with all that being said, though, Tyrod Taylor, he, he may have won himself a, a starting job for the next year or two with the Houston Texans just with this one performance because – for one, I don't think under this whole Deshaun Watson situation, I don't believe a lot of players are going to want to play in Houston currently right now. So I think they got to take what they can take at this point. And I think Tyrod is a guy who, you know, doesn't have many options left. He's 32. He's going to take what he can. And I think the Texans are that. I mean, he, he had a good repertoire with Brandon Cooks last week. And, you know, Mark Ingram looked good rushing the ball too. So... You never know. I mean, I'm just saying, man. You never know. Now, with all that being said, I thought Trevor Lawrence looked okay, too. I thought he looked pretty solid in his first start in the NFL. You know, he made some good throws. He stepped up in the pocket, threw some balls on absolute dots on the lines. And he, he looked good, man. He showed the arm talent. He showed the, the ability to read defenses. Showed a little bit of athleticism. The only thing I want to see out of him just a, a bit more, I want to see him make better decisions down the stretch. And this this is my biggest critique and concern of critique and concern about him coming out of college. When he plays from behind, because he, he's not used to playing from behind. This is this guy, I think he I think he only lost like two games since his since high school. I mean it was something like that. He's not used to playing from behind. When he is behind, when he's playing from behind, his decision-making goes from nearly perfect to, at best, average. It, it plummets. And it's because he's trying to play hero ball and make a play that doesn't need to be made. And again, he plays for the Jaguars. It's going to happen. He needs to be coached up and learn that, listen, take what you can. Yes, I know we're down 14, but you throwing into double coverage, possibly throwing an interception isn't going to help it. Take what you can, live to see, even, live to see another down. I think that's what he has to learn. And once he can learn that, he'll be really good. I mean, I still don't think he's the generational guy that a lot of people said him to be, but I think he'd be a really good quarterback in this league. I really do. I think he'd be a top, top eight, top six type of dude. I mean, he has that type of talent to me. Now, the last game I did watch was <clears throat> the Monday night game with the Baltimore Ravens and the Las Vegas Raiders. No, this this isn't the last game. The last game I watched, guys, I'm sorry, would be the Miami Dolphins, of course, against the Patriots. You all know I'm a Dolphin fan, but like I said, I'm getting to that last. The Ravens and the Raiders game, though, this game showed me two things. I'm going to get two things from both teams. I'm going to start with the Ravens. For one, the tackle that the Ravens got from the Steelers, I think his name is, oh, man, what's his name? Villanova? I, be, I, I believe that's his name. I could be wrong. I know he played for the Steelers the season before. You know, the Steelers let him go. I believe his name is Villanova. It's some, something along those lines. He, he's not going to be, he's not the answer. He's, he's not. They need to they need to figure it out now, 
and soon. Because for one, this team has already suffered from no numerous injuries. You're already down a lot of starters. You're down your your best ball hawking secondary. You're down about three running backs. You're down your rookie receiver you just drafted Bateman, who was killing in the camp. You're down some backup guys. You're down some depth guys. You're, you're down a lot of guys. The last thing you want to do is lose Lamar Jackson because your left tackle cannot protect his blind side. And that dude, Villanueva, ain't about to get it done. He looked terrible against the Raiders. And this is the Raiders. And this is this is no slate to Max Crosby and uh, Unique Nagakwe. I like both players. I think both of them are good. I think both are underrated, if I'm being honest with you. But with that being said, he looked terrible against not even premier pass rushes in the league. These again, these guys are good players, but they're not the Miles Garretts of the world who you're going to see twice a, twice a season. They're, he's not Jadavian Clowney. He's not T.J. Watt. He's not Cam Hayward. You're you're about to see really good pass rushers with at least four times this season. You're about to go up against really good pass rushers, man. This season. You, you can't depend on this guy to protect Lamar Jackson. You can't. I'm sorry. Y'all got to realize that soon and fast. Because if you don't, Lamar is going to end up being hurt. He's already a running style quarterback. He's going to take hits regardless. You don't want him taking many more hits than, you want, than he needs to. Y'all need to get that guy out of there now. Because if y'all don't, it will be ugly. And the next thing I realize about the Ravens, their defense... It's not as good as it once was. And I, I know I know injuries has a lot to do with it. I know Jimmy Smith hasn't isn't playing. I know Marcus Peters hurt. You know, I know I know these things. I know these things. But the guy I'm referencing in particular, and I and this is a guy who I actually like. I think he's extremely talented. I think he has the potential to be a top five player in his position, but he's just so inconsistent. And that's what makes it even more bothersome for me because he has all the tools. He just his his IQ for the game at times and his awareness just blows my mind. And that's Marlon Humphrey. This is your best coverage guy. That as it stands right now, he's your best coverage guy. I'm talking about he's it was at least four or five plays that I noticed myself watching that game. He's lost. Like he he doesn't know where the ball is. He doesn't know his man. I mean, think about it. The, the play, um, the rookie receiver, I forgot his name, for the, the Raiders, 89 Edwards. I know his last name is Edwards. I think it's Braylon Edwards. I, I believe that's his name. He beats Marlon Humphrey for the pass to set up the touchdown. Not touchdown, field goal, excuse me, to force overtime. Your best corner can't be, get beat on that round. You you can't. This this we know what they need. We know they we know. Give them the five yard, ten yard routes. We know they need twenty yards at least to set up a field goal. We know that. We know that. Why is my best corner not playing the situation? Why is he playing bump and run? Sit on the twenty yard route. Sit on the fifteen yard route. Let him have whatever he has underneath. Come up and make a tackle. It's one-on-one. It's one-on-one -on -one football basics, man. 
Give them that. If he wants to take the five ten yard check down, fine. If the kicker makes a 70, 65 yard field goal, God bless him. He earned it. But don't give them the 50, 48 yarder because that makes it much easier. These kickers these days can make 60 yarders with almost ease. You're not, you're not going to win a game against a really good kicker who is, you, you know, one of the best in the league. You're, you're not going to, nine or ten times, you're not doing yourself any favors by helping him get closer to the goalpost. You're not. Play the situation. And then what made it worse, the player that won the game, he, he completely lost this man, Zay Jones, for the game-winning touchdown. Completely lost him. I'm talking about the Raiders are lined up in the bunch formation, right? It had trips bunch. Zay Jones runs, I believe, a, a post. I believe we're in a post. It was either post or a deep slant. It was something, you know, going across the quarterback's face. Absolutely left Mona Humphrey. And it wasn't because his, he just ran that great of a route. No, Mona Humphrey just, he lost him. Wasn't paying attention. He didn't. He lost his man in the scrimmage. He lost his man, you know, by not playing proper technique because he should have been playing the inside receiver. He wasn't. He lined up across from the second receiver versus the third and got beat. It should have happened. I know people are going to say it's just one game. It's, no, it's not just one game. You'll never see that happen to Jalen Ramsey. You'll never see it happen to Jaya Alexander. You'll never see it happen to Xavier Howard, Tredavis White, Stephon Gilmore. The, the list go on. Game, I know, the, I know all these guys get beat. I know. But game on the line, situation. One play could either win us the game or lose it. Those guys are going to be the most locked-in players on the field. He wasn't that. Period. It's inexcusable. It's inexcusable. And my final thoughts on the Raiders, my two thoughts that I've seen. For one, Derek Carr is really good. I said for years now, for about two, three years now, Derek Carr is not the problem with the Raiders. I have no idea why people believe he's the problem and he, he needs to be traded. I don't know why in the hell the Raiders are talking about trading for Russell Wilson. Yes, Russell Wilson is a top five quarterback, but you're not getting – You may he may make a difference in maybe one or two games at most. But Derek Carr isn't your problem. That isn't your biggest need. What you need is consistent receiving play and a consistent defensive play. That's what you need. Your secondary is terrible. I'm just being honest with you. Abram, um, Arnett, uh, who, who else? Um, I forgot their tall corner name. Uh, they, 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 their whole secondary is young, too. I, I want to add that in there. So that's understandable a little bit. But they're, they're not good. Your secondary has to be better. Your defense has to be better, period. Anyway, man, at the end of the day, Derek Carr isn't a problem. Derek Carr is one of the most efficient throwers of the football in the league as we speak. He's been one of the guys who's been effective. He doesn't turn the ball over. You know, he's consistent in his reads, his high completion percentages. He throws a beautiful deep ball. Even though he, even though he did miss a couple throws last game, Everyone is going to miss throws. Everybody. It doesn't matter who you are. You're going to miss them. He's a guy that he's he's a guy that he may not necessarily be that big time difference maker that you may want. But outside of maybe eight, nine guys in the league, 
It's not really that many quarterbacks that you can say are just that significantly better than him. It's not. I'm not saying he's a, a, a Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson type of guy. Yeah, you'll get better if you trade for those guys. But how But how did that improve your biggest weaknesses? All I'm saying is he's not your biggest weakness. He's not. He's not. Now, with that being said, let's get into the last game, guys, from week one that I watched. And as you all may know, that is the Miami Dolphins against the New England Patriots. Now, first off, I love the fact that we went in Gillette. We got a big win, a huge win, division rival win against the New England Patriots, who I absolutely despise as a Dolphin fan. I loved every second of it. I love the fact that we won. But let me tell you what I didn't love. I didn't love that Mac Jones was dicing our defense up left and right. I'm talking about first game as a starter, first reps with the starters on his team. He was souffleing our defense. I'm talking about killing us. And a lot of that has to do with coaching. I'm going to say that now. You know, Dorsey and uh, Brian Flores, they got to be better. They got to be better because the, the zone defense that they were playing was not working and they refused to get out of it. I have no idea why they just did. It took them until the second half to make the changes. Even then, they refuted back to it and they got killed some more. So, with that being said, I'm not going to put that entirely on play because – this isn't a, a zone defense team. You you didn't pay these two corners the amount of money you paid them to be a zone defense. You didn't. I, the why we're playing zone defense, I have no flipping idea. But we did. Thankfully, we won because if we would have lost, this loss would have been on coaching and tour. And I'm going to get into tour in a second, but I'm going to get back into the coaching for now. The defensive scheme, I absolutely hate it. I didn't like the fact that Jalen Phillips played limited snaps. I understand he's working his way back from injury. You know, he's trying to get his feet under him and stuff like that. Listen, the only way you get better playing football is by playing football. Brian Flores said that his stuff. Why Jalen Phillips was in limited snaps, I have no idea. This is a guy you drafted to be your best pass rusher potentially. Like, he... He needs to become that. And I'm not saying to rush him, but you need a, a pretty quick return on that investment because why? You had a chance to get Najee Harris. With with our backfield, I would have gladly took Najee Harris. I'm, I'm not saying Miles Gas and these guys aren't capable. They are. But Najee Harris is on a different level in terms of talent. Than those guys like Miles Gasses and Savon Ahmed. I think they could be service suit backs. I don't want just service suit backs. I want superstars. I want superstars across the board. If I can get a team full of superstars, I don't give a, any rats, you know what, about the cap hit. I will go get it. Period. You want rock stars on your team, you want the difference makers. I don't care to have a guy who's just a system fit. Yeah, you need that guy every now and then, but I want a guy who's arguably the best at what he does. Period. That's it. We'll figure the rest out later. We'll figure out what he's good at. But first, we need the talent. 
<laughs> Period. That's it. That's that's how I look at it. I mean, that, that's the philosophy in today's league. Look at the Chiefs, star talent. They two straight Super Bowl appearances. One of they won. Look at the Bucks, star talent. Just doing the Super Bowl. I mean, it's it's, it's not rocket science. You get the superstar, rock star players, you win games. Look at Rodgers. Him and Adams, they all the Green Bay Packers offense guy outside of Aaron Jones, of course. This is a 12-13 win team every season. And people know what they're going to do. They know who they're going to beat them with. You get superstars. They make the difference in the games. They make them. They make the difference. Why you think Stephon Diggs got traded for? They seen a potential superstar receiver. He became that. And what happened? The Bills had their best season they had in years. It's not rocket sciences, man. It's not rocket science, guys. Trust me, it's not. It's not. Now, with all that being said, let me get into the offense for the Dolphins. And I'm going to be honest with y'all. I wasn't impressed with what I seen. I wasn't. I wasn't. And before I say anything else, I want to say this, man. Excuse me if I hit a dog in the background. But I'm a Tua fan. I love Tua. I got a jersey. I wanted him coming out of Bama. Personally, I said myself, I said out of my own mouth, that if Tua was healthy, he would have been the first overall pick in the draft. I really, I really felt that way. I felt that way. But I also said Justin Herbert may end up being the best quarterback in this draft. And I said that in confidence before we drafted anyone, before we drafted two. I said that, but we could, we could call it my friend right now, Larry. Larry, if you're listening, you could back me up on this because you know I said this. I said myself, Justin Herbert may be, and I think he has the best chance to be, the best quarterback to come out this draft. A lot of people thought I was crazy when I said that. Look at him now. Look at him. Balling. I'm talking about balling. Now, the reason I said that is to say this, man. Chris Greer, you, you got one chance, man. You got one chance to make up for this. One. Again, I love Tua, man. I think Tua is a phenomenal dude. I think he's a phenomenal guy. You know, I think he has t all the tools and got good talent to be a really good quarterback. But I he's he started, I believe it's been 11 games now, if I'm not mistaken. No, I think it's 10 because I believe he's 73 as a starter. He's started 10 games now. Out of the 10 games he started, 10, 11 games, whichever the case may be, it's only been one game where he's shown something that you're like, okay, you know what? This guy might be it. This is why we drafted this guy fifth overall. And that one game was against the Cardinals. Outside of that one game, man, I haven't, I haven't seen it. You, you, you got to show me. To, you got to show me, man. And it, it's, it's getting harder by the week, man, to, to fight this fight for you, man. Because you're not showing it. They went out and got the receivers. They went out and got Jalen Waddle, your guy. You got Devontae Parker. I'm not saying he's the best, but he, he, he's not the worst. You got Mike Gazicki, one of the best receiving players at tight end in the league. 
your, your, your offensive line last game, listen, whatever the unpopular opinion, the popular opinion may be of the Dolphins' offensive line, it looked pretty good last game. It looked solid. I'm not saying it was great. I'm not saying it was phenomenal. But it looked solid and it looked better than what it has been the last three years. It's improving. It is. You had clean pockets this game. You had them. You still miss some throws. You still miss some throws. You're still not putting together consistent drives. You're still not putting together consistent plays and completions. You, you started the game phenomenally. Started the game four for four. Then you went on a stretch. I believe he went two for six on his next passes. I mean, just, you know, better yet, I'll just read it out for you guys. Like this, this was the, these were the drives for the Miami Dolphins. This is how it went. Miami started off the game with 10 plays, you know, 31 rush yards, 49 pass yards, and they had a TD. And then after that, three plays, negative one yards. You know, that resulted into a punt, obviously. Drive after that, five plays, 23 yards, punt. Three plays, negative one yard, six pass yards, punt. Eight plays, two rush yards, 50 pass yards. Field goal. Okay, got points again. Then you come out into the next draft. I mean, not draft, half. Nine plays, 30 rushing yards, 45 passing yards. You got four minutes off the top, then you got a touchdown. Okay. Then after that, three plays, negative three yards, negative five yards, total on the drive. Punt. After that, four plays. Punt. After that, nine plays. Seal the deal and win the game. Inconsistency, man. Now, you're not getting first downs. You're not moving the ball. Your defense is already tied. They're over there in a slugfest with a run-first team. They're getting gassed. And you're not doing nothing to get them off the field, to keep them off the field. Outside of the two plays, maybe we'll give them three. Outside of the three drives, this game was absolutely won by the Patriots, man. I mean, the Patriots were 11-16 on third down. They, they had... More than 100 total yards on the Dolphins. They completely destroyed the time of possession. I wasn't even close. I believe they had, like, uh, time of possession. I think they had 38 minutes or something like that to our, like, 24. I mean, they had more than 10 minutes than us. It was, it was something along those lines. But it was terrible, man. It was terrible. They outgained us in every each way possible. Time and possession, they had more of. More rushing yards, of course. They had more passing yards. They had more first downs and completed more first downs at a higher percentage. It, I'm again I'm happy that the Dolphins won the game. But I'm I'm gonna be honest with y'all, man. I'm still on the Deshaun Watson hype train. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. I know a lot of people who are over with it. They don't. They're sick of it. Whatever the case, I don't care. I don't. I don't care. Why I don't care is because of this simple reason. Guys, listen to me. 
Deshaun Watson is a 25-year-old quarterback who is top five in his league when playing. Easily. He's top five. Tua, at best, from what we've seen so far, and again, it's not written in stone. There's no what telling he'll be. At best, he can be a top 12 to 15 guy. At best. That's at his, as what we see right now. That's what he can be at his best, as we can see right now. You don't draft a guy top five to be a game manager. You don't. I don't. I don't care what anyone says, man. I don't. I don't want you don't draft. If let me, I'm, let me, let me put it in this perspective. If you had a top five pick, you're not drafting Alex Smith, and you're not drafting Ryan Tannehill. You're not. If you had a top five pick, you're not drafting a game manager. That's my point. You're not. You're not drafting Gardner Minshew. You know, you're you're drafting that that guy who you know can get you across that hump. You're drafting the Patrick Mahomes. You're drafting the Aaron Rodgers. You're drafting the Lamar Jacksons, the Justin Herberts, the guys who go out and win you games when need be. Those are the difference between game managers and franchise quarterbacks. It's a big difference. Yes, game managers may not win your games. They may not lose your games, I mean, but they're not going to be the primary reason why you win the game. And this Sunday, if anyone sits there and tell you that two is the reason why the defense, I mean, the off, the team won that game, they're lying through their teeth. The defense won that game. Despite all of the, their hiccups in the game, they won that game. Because why? The, they held the Patriots to one touchdown, despite the fact that they got in the red zone numerous times. And the one touchdown they did get came off of a really questionable roughing the passer call, which I can live with because it, it is the rule. I can respect that. It's the rule. I will admit that. But it's still questionable because I don't know how else they wanted the guy to tackle him. Landon Roberts, I feel for you, man. But again, it is the rule, so I can't admit that. It's the rule. But at the end of the day, outside of that one drive, outside of that one bad play call, out of that side, that one foul, they held the Patriots to what? Nine points? Three field goals? Come on, man. Tua ain't win that game. The defense did. And that's been his case for at least, I'll say, five of his game wins under his belt. And at some point, man, you got to go out and make the plays to win the game. At some point, you you have to show you can do that. You're a top five pick. It doesn't. It does not make sense to me, man. It doesn't make sense to me that people steadily are going to continue to say we need to let them grow. No, you, you don't need to let them grow anything. It, it would be different if Deshaun Watson wasn't available and ready to play for you. It would be different. If, it, if, he, if Deshaun Watson wasn't ready to be traded and come play for the Dolphins, then I would say, you know what? Let Tua grow. Let's see what we got. Let's give him another year. But no. You have Deshaun Watson available. I know he's under a lot of, you know, civil lawsuits and, you know, legal troubles right now. But at the end of the day, listen, he hasn't been charged with anything. He's facing civil lawsuits. And if anyone knows what that is, I'll tell you. Civil lawsuits are basically mean you're being sued for money. That's, that's literally what it means. He's not looking at facing time. Don't, don't listen to the BS, ESPN, and all these other um, talk shows and sports shows 
dig out. They're they're literally saying stuff to either tarnish this this guy's character, because for one, there's literally no proof at all of anything yet at all. Like it's nothing. It's nothing out there to prove he did anything. It's literally his word against theirs. That's it. It's really on whoever you want to believe. And whoever you want to believe, that's on you. But at the end of the day, there's nothing against this guy that says that he doesn't need to play another down or he needs to lose his career because of this. There's nothing out there. Nothing. Nothing. So don't listen to these guys on ESPN and all these talk shows and stuff. They, they have no idea what they're talking about. They're not actually looking in the cases. They're reading headlines. So with all that being said, you go get Watson, man. And this week... This week against the Bills is going to show if Tua can put up points or not. Because you, you need to put up points to beat the Bills. You need to. Our defense, we don't have the pass rush luxury that the Steelers have. We don't have T.J. Watt or Cam Hayward or anybody of those that nature. Or even Melvin Ingram. We don't have those guys. We don't. We could have had Melvin Ingram. But that's another story for another day. But we don't have those guys. We have Emmanuel Ogba and Jalen Phillips and Christian Wilkins. That's who we have. In other words, our passers situation is at best okay when it comes to just rushing four. It's all right. It ain't the worst, but it ain't nearly the best either. Now, with that being said, what does that mean? Well, that means you're not going to get as much pressure on Josh Allen that this, just like the Steelers did. So what that means, you might have to blitz more. And what does that result to? More one-on-one coverage. Now, again, you did pay these corners a hefty amount of money to, you know, be both number one corners. Because that's what they both were at one point in their careers. And that's what they both should play as. Because that's what they're being paid to play as. Now, with that being said, does that mean they're not going to get beat? Of course they're going to get beat. It's going to happen. You just want to win more matchups than you lose. But at the end of the day, dogs going to have to put up points in this game. If they want to beat the Bills, regardless of that home or on the road, they got to put up points. I don't think they could do that. And that's going to lead into my week two predictions. As you all already seen, Washington beat the Giants tonight. I had Washington winning that game anyway. I, like I said already, I haven't won in that division. So it doesn't come surprise to me at all that they won the game. But let's get into the rest of the predictions. So the Buffalo and Miami Dolphins prediction, I'm going to be honest with y'all, man. It hurts me to say this because... <sighs> It hurts me to say this, man, because I am a I'm a Dolphins fan, man. I love the Dolphins. But I'm taking the Bills to win this game, man. Their favorite to win. I think the score finishes 20-24, you know. And the reason why I take the Bills, because I simply don't think the I don't know about the offense, man. I I just don't. And I know the Patriots were, were, you know, they're a really good team. They're a really good defense specifically. But they were missing their best defender, Stephon Gilmore. 
they were out there playing second, third string guys and, and secondary. We couldn't take advantage of it. Man, I I just I just got I just can't see it. I can't see us putting up enough points to beat them. I'll be the static we do. I hope two of them may be my words, but I, I just can't see it right now, man. I got the Bills winning that. Then the game after that, I got Denver Broncos against the Jaguars. I got the Broncos winning this game. Simply put, I just think the Broncos are a better team. The defense is going to be playing at a high level again. I think they're better than these guys. I think Trevor Lawrence has another pretty solid outing. I say he throws for another two touchdowns and maybe an interception. Houston taking on the Browns. I think the Browns Molly Walk the Texans. <laughs> I'm just being honest with y'all, man. I think they know they pretty much let one go last week with the Chiefs. I think they're going to come back and just absolutely put an avalanche on the Texans, man. Then after that, we got the 49ers against the Eagles. I will say this, man. I was impressed with what I seen from the Eagles. Even though it is the Falcons, you know, their defense is probably the league's worst. I still like what I seen from Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith. Well, I'm going with the 49ers on this one. I think their defense is going to be a significant difference in this game for the Eagles, you know, in terms of matchups and, you know, looks that Jalen Hurts will get. I'm going with the 49ers on this one. Saints at Carolina, divisional game. These are always close. But I'm going to go with the Saints on this one. I'm going to go with the Saints because I think Sam Darnold is going to make the throw to lose this game. I know he's different situation, different city, things like that, but he, this still old Sam, Sam Darnold. Trust me, he's going to make the throw to lose this game. And after that, I've got the Rams at the Colts. I got the Rams taking this one. I think the Colts needs to figure out what their identity is on the offensive side of the ball. I don't think Carson Wentz looked bad. You know, a lot of people going to make jokes about it and things like that. I don't think he looked bad. What looked bad to me was the defense. You know, it's not. it didn't look like nearly as good as it once was last season. And the O-line honestly didn't look dominant as it used to be. You know, it, it, it just didn't. I mean, whatever, whatever reason it may be, it didn't look as good as it did the last two, three years. It just didn't. And then the game after that, got the Raiders and the Steelers. I think the Steelers were in this one. I think the Raiders won that Ravens game by the skin of their teeth. I don't think they're going to be as lucky against the Steelers, man. The Steelers' defense is much healthier and better than the Ravens' defense. And I don't see Ben Roethlisberger coughing up two fumbles against this team. You know, nothing against Lamar Jackson. I love Lamar Jackson. I think he's a top six, top seven quarterback in this league. But he made costly mistakes. I don't think Big Ben makes the same ones. New England against the Jets. I got the Pages taking this one. I think Matt Jones comes in and absolutely souffles the Jets. I'm talking about he takes more chances downfield. He throws the ball with more precision, anticipation. I just think he comes in. I think he kills the Jets, honestly, on their field. Minnesota against the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals take this one. I just don't believe in the, the Vikings' defense, man. I think they have enough on offense to believe in. I like Thielen. I like Justin Jefferson. 
think Dalvin Cook is maybe arguably the third best running back in this league. They defense, I'm not sold on. I like the I like the linebackers with like guys like Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr, but outside of them two and Harrison Smith, AJ Everson Griffin, uh, not really doing it for me. But we'll see. I still like the Cardinals in this one. I think Kyler Murray has another big game. Falcons at Tampa Bay. <laughs> Do I even gotta say it, guys? The Bucks win this easily. <laughs> Let's move on. Cowboys at Chargers. Now this 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 is gonna be the game to watch this week. Cause this is gonna be a high scoring contest. Dallas gonna put up points because they need to put up points to win games. Chargers gonna put up points for the same reason that Dallas is gonna put up points. They need to put up points to win games. Two really good young quarterbacks, one is prime right now. One, the other one is becoming a phenom in front of our eyes. But I'm, I'm going to get an edge to Dallas in this one. The, the Chargers are favored by three and a half, but I'm, I'm going to get Dallas this one. I just, I think, I think Dallas make, I think that Prescott makes that one or two plays, the two throws that wins this game. I really do. I'm going to get an edge to Dallas in this one, man. Titans at the Seahawks. I'm going to say this, man. I got the Seahawks winning. But if the Titans lose this game, they seriously, 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 seriously has to do some reflecting, man. Because after making the trade they made for Julio Jones, starting off on two wasn't a plan. It was. I know it's not a plan for any team, but for the expectations you have and you have placed on yourself, it's not the expectations. They, they're really going to have to do some reflecting if they start the season on two. I got to see how I was winning this one. So they may want to get the reflector. And after that, you got the Chiefs at the Ravens. I got the Chiefs winning this one. The Ravens are just really struggling right now with these injuries, man. These injuries are absolutely killing them. And it's a primetime game, Sunday night football. I think the Chiefs win it. Then Monday night, we got the Detroit Lions against the Green Bay Packers, another divisional game. I think Green Bay bounced back in a big way. I think they beat the Lions by at least 17. And that's our week too, ladies and gentlemen. Now, with all that being said, that'll be it for the show tonight and for today. Whatever time y'all listening in, whatever time y'all chose to tune in, y'all be sure to like and subscribe to the channel or to the podcast. I hope y'all listen to this so y'all can notify yourselves when I drop a new episode. And y'all follow me on all my Instagram, I mean, not Instagram, but my social media platform, including Instagram, also Facebook, also TikTok, YouTube, anything of that nature, man. Y'all let me know. Y'all can always DM me. Remember, I sell merchandise as well. Link will be posted in the bio on YouTube, so y'all go ahead and check that out as well. Thank y'all for tuning in, and I'll see y'all in the next one.